0: This is October 20th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Normally, and I will say this every week until the season starts, normally on an October 20th, we would be talking about regular season stuff oh you know who should the Bruins put on the third line oh who should be on David Krejci's right side oh that game against the Stars the other night was really tough but instead obviously that is not the case there is no hockey and it sucks because we went from there being like every sport like all four of the major sports playing at once to now football games getting canceled and NFL is all we got which I love football but we, you know, NBA is done, NHL is done, MLB is coming to a close. Um, and the NFL is like slowly hobbling along. So we went from like that August to September stretch where it was everything to almost nothing. So we need to enjoy this and we need to yearn for the days of the Bruins coming back. So this week, uh, I wanted to have on someone new, someone who's funny, someone who, uh, is different. And that's what I did. John Feidelberg, Barstool Sports. You all know him. Feitelberg, Feitelberg, Feitelberg. You guys know him. Um, it was great. Uh, we we never talked before, uh, but it went really well. Fun episode. Uh, we talked, uh, obviously, Bruins offseason stuff. We talked about Doc Emmerich retiring, which is huge, which we're all sad about. We compared it to other people retiring. Uh, we talked about Grizzly resigning. We talked about Marshawn and knock out to start the season. We also got into a really interesting discussion on the legacy of this core because uh, I felt like he has a good perspective on where they stand among the other Boston sports teams and the the cores that the Red Sox, the Patriots, and the Celtics have had. Um, and we sort of take a look at what will we think of when we look back at this core and how will we evaluate them? Uh, they're one for three on championships. So we get discussed that towards the end of the episode. I think you'll like that discussion. We also, the last thing we talked about was Tom Brady and how he brings success wherever he goes. Uh, Feidelberg had this amazing uh, sort of epiphany this morning uh, about this. So that was quite funny, uh, and quite insightful. Actually, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it was very, uh, like, holy shit. He, he's right. Everywhere Brady goes, no matter where he is in life, those teams win. And credit to him for finding that out because that is, that is better than advanced stats. That is better than, that's something natural stat trick can't show you. So, uh, that is in this episode. The other thing I'd like to say before we get into, uh, the conversation is the wait is finally over. Football, as I said, is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Betonline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, uh, player and coaching props. Betonline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win division and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. One last thing and I say this every week, the YouTube channel. All these episodes are on CLNS Media's YouTube page and the YouTube page Bruins Rinkside. If you guys could go, please subscribe to Bruins Rinkside and the CLNS Media YouTube page. I would be forever appreciative. It would be awesome because uh, more and more content's going up there. More podcast clips are going up there. Everything is going up there. Uh, and Connor Ryan and I, because we're doing videos together, uh, we'll have a ton of stuff for you throughout the off season. And I know right now it's tough for Bruins fans because there's not a lot of Bruins content out there. It's very Patriots heavy. Uh, not a lot of Red Sox, not all the Celtics, mainly just Patriots. And so we got to cover Bruins. Bruins is there if we talked about, so that's why we do it here and we do it over at the YouTube page and we do it on cmlistmedia.com. So go subscribe to the YouTube page. It would be awesome. If you did, it's very easy. Um, it's literally just hit the subscribe button and you'll be good. Um, and if you could be so kind to leave a five-star rating and a uh, review, wherever you get your podcast or beat, that would also be extremely appreciative because those help out a ton. So without further ado, here is my conversation with John Feidelberg. And we're here with John Feidelberg. Feidelberg, what is up?
1: How are we doing, man? Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, I I see you know your Bruins rants on Twitter, and I said you know we need a new guest, we need someone new on this on, on Bruins beat, and I said who better to have than Feinberg, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's been disappointing this off season.
1: It's it's. First of all, there are a lot of better people to have than me, but it no, nobody.
0: Been, You're the best. It,
1: <laughs> it's been actually real quick. Can we swear on this? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's been a disaster. It's been.
0: Wow, some swear there saying disaster.
1: I, I, I you, dude. It's so lame to ask if you can swear and then swear right away. This is that was true, just true. just to figure out, just to feel so out. Later right on, the, I mean, it's 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 been worst case scenario. I feel like.
0: Yes, it has been, and I. So I will say this: we record this on Monday mornings. We're recording this on Monday morning right now. Um, no worse news, and this isn't even Bruins related. Doc Emmerich retiring. I woke up to that news. I woke up around like 9 o'clock, look at my phone, Doc Emmerich retiring. I'm like, what? Excuse me? That came out of nowhere. Doc Emmerich
1: has been like a stalwart in my life. There's a question. We have a game here called Answer the Internet where they're all just like weird kind of crazy questions. There is a question in that game. If you could have one commentator commentate your sex life, who would it be? And my answer forever has been Doc Emmerich. There actually might have been a time when it was Jack Edwards, but oh was, God. it was before it was the original answer and the current answer were Doc Emmerich because he could somehow even make that exciting. The only thing the website Dead Been Good ever did, did ever ever did good was that clip where they just have him it's like twenty minutes of him saying different words to describe a pass. And it's yes. unbelievable. It's beautiful, it's artwork, it's poetry listening to Doc Emmerich talk.
0: Yes, that is that is the only good thing Ted spins done. So yeah. I'm glad you touched <laughs> it as the only good thing they've done. But, um, yes, I was thinking Vince Scully for the sex game question, maybe. But yeah, I feel like that's a little too old-timey. It's a I'm, little, I'm you know. I'm an Vin Scully guy. Are you really? Why?
1: Because <laughs> everyone loved him too much. I yes. had to balance oh, out I the like universe. God. Everything he did was the most interesting thing in the world. I remember there was a viral clip of him. It was like three minutes or something like that in the seventh inning talking about – I forget if it was dirt or butterflies or something weird. I'm like, I don't want this in the commentator. I want yeah. – to, to my uh, experience, by the greatest baseball is Doc and, uh, Doc, Don and Jerry.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: That's, that's what I want. They'd laugh too much at my sex game. They'd, yeah, they would they'd laugh.
0: They'd have like the pizza-throwing laugh and that whole <laughs> thing. But Jack Edwards would be a great one. Jack Edwards would actually be pretty good. Uh, he's so intense. You know he's he's you know he's cheering for you. He's going crazy, but Doc almost would too intense. Time, think.
1: Jack and Gus would be like, "Come on, man! I, like I, you're you're over the top. I know it's not like that. Like this <laughs> is this is a Pac-12 game at midnight on a Tuesday. Like I know you're not that into this."
0: But yes, the Doc Emmerich news stinks. It sucks that he's gonna be gone. I mean, incredible career. It's so funny though when 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 legends like this retire, people kind of eulogize them as if they died. So yeah. like all the thank you doc, you know, the videos and it's all great. Like I, I am so for it, but it's, it's almost like if you didn't know he retired, you'd think, Oh, he, he must've died. Oh, but did, he just retired. Because of
1: that. That's why I still every single day I wake up and have to Google has been Scully alive. Cause I forget every time because <laughs> he was eulogized so, so strongly when, when he retired, I'm like, wait, did he die or did he just, did he just quit?
0: Well, it was kind of the same thing when I mean, he was so old. And the other thing is like, you almost, you have to save it, right? Like you have to, you have to have some stuff for when the guy dies. You have to have some <laughs> content built up. You can't just say everything when he retires, you know, like when Char retires, for instance, whenever that is, all us Bruins people are writers, everything. We're going to put out columns about him, all that stuff. And it's like, granted, you know, God willing, he dies, you know, way later, but it's <laughs> like, you're not saving anything for any of that, especially for these older commentators. But yes, yeah, Doc retiring, Tough news, tough Doc, news. In I think. in particular
1: is a good one to bring up with the Chara. Doc already gave Chara his eulogy.
0: Right? I, that, that was the thing. Like, we all kind of at the time were, like, sitting there. Because it was like a 50-50 chance Chara probably wasn't coming back. And then mm-hmm. Doc basically stops everything and goes, wait. We need to talk about Zeno Chara. As the line's going along. And you think, wait a second. This guy must know something we don't. And then, of course, the question's after the game. were all about Chara retiring and then... Um, we asked him later that week and he's like, No, I wanna keep playing and we're like, Doc, where are you that from? Maybe Doc's losing. I remember Maybe I was, was watching I was watching at a bar and it was like, you know, it was
1: outdoors, COVID, so like there wasn't volume on the TV. So I was watching the game without volume and then just kind of following along on Twitter and judging from Twitter I was like, Oh shit, Char must have told Doc that he's done and he's out and then it wasn't until much later when I got home and watched the postgame press conference and stuff like that. That I realized that he had said nothing of the sort.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing with with the Char Emmerich thing was, like Doc, well, I don't think Doc was in the bubble. Doc was home. Doc was calling yeah. those games from like his office, which was really weird, right? Because uh, it was like he was like a he was great, and I loved Doc. but He was like a tiny millisecond late on every call, and I was like, oh, i oh, it's sure, sure. like when the, like no, when the audio doesn't match better. up to the screen. I couldn't take it, but you you think about it, and it's like. When would Chara have said anything to Doc? Like, would he have got on a Zoom call with him? Would he have texted yeah. <laughs> him? Like, I feel like that's not a relationship that I could see occurring. Um, so I was, I, I kind of thought about that after when Chara was saying his piece about he wants to keep playing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that actually really probably wouldn't have happened. Like, no, it, I don't that, know that how would've they would have communicated.
1: If he just called Doc Emmerich, that would have been so anti-Chara. Yes. It would have been insane.
0: Yes, it would have been. It would have been very insane. But so let's get into the off season. Let's get into this stuff. Um, so they signed Matt Grizzlick. They re-signed Matt Grizzlick. Very palatable deal, four years, three point six nine million a year, I think. Um, what do you think? Originally
1: reported by NHL.com is what was it, fourteen point seven five per year? Uh,
0: did they say that?
1: Yeah, there was a typo. I think they, they said per season for what the, the total of the deal was. They also and-
0: said Tory Krug was re signing with the Bruins, which was I think was I think it was NHL. The Twitter account, like NHL, was like, welcome Tory crew back to Boston. Really? Oh, like, what? That. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. They they, they muffed that. But, yes, they typically have a habit of uh, messing up their tweets. But what do you think of Grizzly? Because everyone has a little bit of a different opinion on them. I'm
1: going to be dead honest with you right here. I do not know how to evaluate defensemen. When I played hockey growing up, I intentionally didn't learn anything about defense. So you could never put me oh, back.
0: On. You suck. I was a defenseman. <laughs>
1: I could only play four. I was like I was like, dude, I don't pay attention to practice. I don't even know what what where their, their, their requirements are. I don't know where their places are. I'm I know nothing about defense. And obviously I know more than that. But that's what I would tell coaches. <laughs> I, I would tell like the Pavel Bure quote where yeah, I'd play defense if I wasn't so good at scoring. Um the uh but Grizzly, I like. There's I I, I I know the advanced stats show him and McAvoy are like the best defensive duo in the world. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know analytics that well, but I'm willing to give that a shot if that's what they say. Um, but I, I like Rizlik. He's a local hometown boy. Obviously his dad worked at the arena. I think he's one of the better skaters you'll see uh, back on the blue line. And I think as the dream has been for, I don't know, what's it, two, three years now, whatever, he's kind of been the, like the, the power play quarterback in waiting, so to speak. So I, I, I have confidence that he can get that done. I, I think that of, – of the moves this offseason, I don't think that's a bad
0: one. No, it's probably the best one. I don't think – like, I, there hasn't been many good ones. I mean, no, Craig I
1: mean, Smith. It's there's me, too.
0: Yeah, it's Craig Smith and Matt Grizzly. That is it. Um, and you mentioned power play quarterback and waiting. Now Tory Krug is gone, posting cryptic messages on his Instagram story, posting, you know, the, the, the shot of his St. Louis Blues practice jersey with the eyeball emojis and and, and all that stuff. And it's, it, there's definitely some – some uh, some animosity towards uh, Bruins' uh, upper management, it feels like, uh, especially –
1: I think there definitely is, and I think it's warranted. I think that the way – Yes. The, the, the way they treated Krug is not the way you treat a beloved athlete, not in the locker room and in the city. From everything I've heard about the locker room, that, like, Krug's the guy. You know, Char is the silent leader. Bergeron's the one who's going to speak up when you need to hear it. But the guy who kind of instills the camaraderie and like you know the, the, the rather famous Bruins camaraderie that like everyone's like I'll die for this team. I mean you saw it with the, the press conference after they got eliminated. Everyone was downright distraught, as you as all most teams are, but yeah. they it seemed to hit them particularly harder. And uh, I think that was from my understanding very Krug driven. That everyone loved Krug. Krug was the guy who always got the boys together. And I think just not even giving him an offer, a real offer, is is not the way you want to handle a, a superstars. So I think the guys in the locker room are going to go, well, what the fuck's happening upstairs? And then I think other free agents are going to look at that and say, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Money always trumps all. But if you're between a few teams and you're like, well, fucking, I mean, they threw Krug out on his ass and he was a hometown boy, like homegrown, not hometown boy, but homegrown. And, and they, they didn't care about him. So why would they care about me in the future?
0: Yeah, I mean, I look at that, and I remember when it happened, I mean, we knew Krug was probably gone just the way that the talks had been and, you know, what Krug was saying. I mean, he was clearly pissed, and what Sweeney was saying, which was a lot of nothing and a lot of, like, we're just trying to move on with this. Um, but St. Louis seemed so off the board. I remember in his press conference the night he signed, uh, they were like, you know, was St. Louis ever in the cars? He's like, no, no, not until today when they call with an offer. And I was just thinking, like, that's a pretty big move to be like, oh, I'm just going to go from Boston to St. Louis, you know, today. I'm, you know, I'm just going to do it. Not and it was been... so odd to me. No, like, no,
1: I, I'm sure they did it. I'm sure they covered their bases. Yeah, but like, if if the Bruins' offer was what was it six, six and a half, and, and they pulled it, they pulled it. <laughs> but then like, if St. Louis comes in, with seven, six and a half, right, something like that. Like, yeah. I, I, I guess Boston had no intentions of matching it or giving that offer but I feel like it's like look I'm going to take basically the deal you offered. Offer yeah. it again and I'll fucking stay here.
0: Yes, and I think he wanted to stay uh in Boston and he said that a million times. I mean, he wanted to be here. The other funny thing is you mentioned him being the guy in the locker room. It's kind of like he's that middle guy where like, you know, you have the Charis and the Bert. Like if you're a young player, let's say you're like mm-hmm. a Connor Clifton and you're a young guy, you know, you're, you're you don't really know what's going on in the locker room. You're, you know, you're kind of a fish out of water in some sort, you go in, you have a question to ask someone, but you want to ask a veteran, are you going to go to Chara? Who's like up here or right. Bergeron? Who's like Jesus Christ himself.
1: <laughs> no, you're going
0: to go to the middle guy. I feel like you're going to go to Tory Krug. Who's like sort of in the middle of everyone and sort of like the, the messenger between each side. Cause you sort of that middle group, Charlie yeah, he, Coyle, Tory and him. Him. you know, he's it's
1: exactly not- He's like an Edelman type, where like, you're like, oh, you're like, you've been here through thick and thin, you're, you're a warrior, we can tell that, but you're also not unapproachable because of your greatness.
0: Yes, you're not going to go to, like, you know, Patriots, you're not going to go to Tom Brady. I mean, that'd be kind of, you'd feel weird doing it, he'd be very open to it, he'd probably be very nice, but I feel like it would be very, you know, if you had a question about something small, not football-related, you know, I don't know what it could be, but something it would be kind of weird to go right to Brady if like you'd, you'd yeah, want to you go to Edelman. You go to you'd Brady to Krug.
1: To, like, local Foxborough spots. Like, hey, where should I go get a yes. beer? You don't ask Tom yes. Brady. You ask Edelman?
0: Yes, exactly. I I don't think Brady would be caught dead in Foxborough. Uh, but, <laughs> yes, uh I do think that Krug was that guy. I think losing him obviously sucks. Should they have re-signed him? Take the money. Take the – take. you know, should they have re-signed him? Was it smart to sort of move on? I don't fucking <sighs> – I think,
1: I think his game will age. I do too. Because you know, he's not the, he's not a bruiser, which is why people in Boston hate him, because he doesn't fucking fight every three seconds. But the, not I hate not everyone, hate him, obviously love, but why the, that was the knock on him. Like, oh, he doesn't fucking lay the body, well, he's five, nine, so what do you expect? But the, I don't know, like, you think, look at guys like Niedemeyer, like, they played, they were puck moving defensemen who played,
0: I mean, how old was Niedemeyer retired? 40s? I think he was uh early forties.
1: Yeah. So like a thirty one year old with a six year deal or a seven year deal, you'll probably have some wasted money on the end where he can't really move anymore. But I think barring like a significant injury, I don't see why Tory Group's Tory Krug's game can't age.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I it's just it's funny because I look at this Bruins team and my opinion during the season was you have to resign Krug. Why like the obvious duh But that was also when there wasn't going to be a flat cap, and the cap was just going to probably go up to like eighty five or eighty four, whatever it was. But of course, when a pandemic hits, screws all these free agents over, and now the Bruins are caught with a little bit of cap space, but you don't know what's going to come in future years. You got to pay McAvoy, you got to pay Posternak down the line, you you got to do all these things. (laughs) I don't know if you have to pay
1: Posternak. I don't. I don't think. I think he'll play for free.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair. He'll play. He'll 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 play for like clam chowder down at Legal Seafood
1: you give it would give him a blank check but i think if you ask him nicely david paschenoff will play hockey for free
0: so you just say david we'd really appreciate it if you played hockey for free this year and he's gonna be like oh of course yes well, well, obvious. i love
1: game,
0: I love game. hockey <laughs> i love it it's, it's the best you're right though that is something he would do he would definitely be like i mean if, as long as you give me a gift card to you know <laughs> the well not the forest isn't there anymore but uh you know tavern in the square no, i'm done. good <laughs> Do <laughs> <laughs> it for Dunkin' gift cards from the commercials, but yeah. <laughs> you you do have to pay these guys. It sucks. I wish you didn't have to. You could go to them into playing for free. You could give them, you know, supermarket gift cards. But I do think that someone like Krug, the money in the end is going to be tough down the line. You don't know what that's going to be like, and you also don't know. And this might be unpopular. You don't know how long this Bruins team is going to be contending for. Like contending, contending. Like the, the cup. Everyone says cup windows closing. You look ahead. You know. What's the future after Krejci and Bergeron down the middle? What's the future, you know, especially now on defense. Chara might be gone. Krug is gone. Your left side is Grizzlik, Lazan, John Moore. I mean, you don't have, like, a solid left side. Gryzlik's great. But other than that, it's kind of an open season. So you don't know um, what this is going to entail. Also, you needed to get a little bit bigger on the left side. Like, not to sound like one of those, you know, old Bruins fans who, you know, love Milan Lucic. You, you, you do have to have a little bit of size on the back end. And I feel like they were definitely missing that, uh, with Krug. So, uh, Krug gone, Grizzlyk in. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Last week, Marshawn and Postnacht out for the start of the season. What'd you think?
1: I thought. It's about time they announce it because that those that, Post in particular was the worst kept secret in the history of the world. I mean, yes. he was like hanging around Boston on crutches, and it's like, hey guys, why don't we make a statement about what's wrong with the guys? Um, but I I don't know that's that's one I can't get too worked up about or concerned about yet because we don't even know a start date. Like they both might be ready to go sure. by the start of the season. You know, if if you're not going to tell me, I, I know they're aiming for was it mid January?
0: January first is supposed to start.
1: January first first start? Okay. So I know they're aiming for early January, but with Gary Bettman, I don't think anything's set in stone. So I wouldn't be shocked to see it be February 1st. I wouldn't be shocked to see mid February. I think they have to still evaluating like how worn down guys are after the bubble. You know, everything's so fluid and unexpected and there's really no plan for anything that if it started January 1st, I'd be very surprised. So I'm not overly concerned about. Injuries preventing the start of the season. The Bruins usually are a little, little bit of a slow start anyway. They kind of find their stride after. But also with pa- Ma- Pasternak and Marchand, there's, there's no real reason for concern because it's not like they're going to training camp together and like they got to find chemistry and shit like that. That, that they're, they're fucking plug and play. It doesn't. Yes. They can start whenever they want. The Pasternak and and Marchand, are, well, not more Pasternak because he does get injured a little more than often, uh, than often, other regular, but. He's like yeah, a. When he a, a slips gronk- and
0: falls and breaks his thumb. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like he's like a Gronkowski, where it was like, when when the Pats were good, it was like just keep Gronk in a vault until January, and then yes. we'll unload. It. It's like just just keep Pasta healthy for a playoff run, and I'm fine. If he misses the start of the season, I'm not going to freak out about that.
0: That's a good point. I didn't think of that. You're right. I mean, I, you, we always kind of think, oh my god, what's the first line going to be, and then you realize, well, it's going to be like what a. Um, not even more than a month. And if it starts on time. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see who they plug up on the first line. You know, Craig Smith, um, hopefully. not
1: The great thing is it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can put in anyone as long as, it's, as long as it's on and Marshan, that you can put in absolutely anybody. And that's,
0: be- and that's, and that's important because you, they suck at secondary scoring. They have not been a good secondary scoring team the past few years. If you find that Anders Bjork works, well, with Marshawn Bergeron or Craig Smith or someone, you can move Pasternak down with Krejci, and boom, you and have a much
1: because because the perfection line, first of all, is bullshit. No one calls it that. NBC does it to <laughs> man trying to force it down our throats. No one calls it the perfection line. But the what was it? It was bef- the right before the playoff run that ended with the Cup loss uh, when Pasta was hurt, and they they had just Heinen up with the first line. And they barely <laughs> missed a step. It was you can put in anybody, so might as well put Pashnok down on the second line. I think he should play with Krejci. I've always thought that.
0: Yes, no, I, I, I've always thought you know, if you can't get production from the Krejci line, just move Pashnok down, like. Okay. Yeah. They, you know, the first line won't score four points a game, but so what? You'll have more spread out scoring. It's the most obvious thing. You know, it's like when we were playing youth hockey, you know, that you don't put the three best kids in the same line unless it's the last minute Correct. of the game. You spread them out. You spread out the talent. Uh, so I've,
1: I've said you, you mentioned the core earlier. And I think that if this core, which unfortunately all signs point to this happening, if they only win one, I think it'll be having done no research the most disappointing core in hockey history, because yeah. that team and, and it'll be through no fault of the players. It'll be through no fault of the players because they've. If, if you look back like the 2011 team, that team was primed for a Blackhawks-esque run, like just dominance there year in year out, fucking three cups, four cups, whatever Chicago ended up with, and they they were ready for that and through absolute just piss poor management from the front office they've done they they've been there don't get me wrong they're they're a talented team who's always kind of a threat but they've done nothing since then they've been, they've been so, in the so, cup twice honestly.
0: I love this conversation because I do think that it is time we evaluate their legacies because it is getting to the end and you do look at it and go you, you know credit to them for being consistent winners contenders i mean the, the only they were only missed the playoffs two out of the past what thirteen years or something I mean it's ridiculous when you when you look at the face of it, and the two years that they missed the playoffs they were still ninety point teams it was it came down to the wire and then missing the playoffs was the brutal 14 fifteen and 15 16 years closed last two full seasons but you're right I mean they haven't you know they've had they have the cup, but they're one for three like that's right. a and but in other cities, I think you get away with it you could you know like if you're in Detroit. Or you're in Arizona or you're in New York. I mean, you go one you go you go to three championships at all. Like people are, you know, getting TPs in their pants over it. But <laughs> you just here, you know, you have Brady and, and, and the Patriots who won six. You have Ortiz and the Red Sox who he won three. The teams won four. They're four for four. The yeah. Celtics have been disappointing. That's a whole nother story. But the Bruins won for three. That's not too great.
1: But, and again, I, I want to stress, I do not think the players have done everything you can ask for in players. They've been perennial all-stars or top-of-the-league players, always uh, selkie Norris Trophy winners with with Charon Bergeron. They've taken less money. They haven't, like, sat out. They haven't demanded the bank, which then then handcuffed the team in, in, in giving deals. They've taken less money. They've played their fucking hearts out. They've been perfect players and citizens in Boston. And – Front office has let them down completely by not being able to find secondary scoring. Like anybody can just give David uh, Patrice Bergeron a contract. Anybody can just fucking give Brad Marchand a contract. But you have to find the fucking diamonds in the rough. You have to find the gems, and they have been incompetent at that. They've been the only time they found a top six winger for Krejci. They won the Stanley Cup. The formula is very simple. You you have (laughs) dude. Think about being the front office of the Boston Bruins for the last decade. You never had to thought about your, think about your best center. You never had to think about your stalwart defenseman. You never had to think about your goalie. Uh, the last five years or however long it was it been of pasta, you, you never had to think about your top scorer. You were, everything was set, everything that, that keeps GMs up at night was there. You went from Zeno Char and Dennis Seidenberg to Zeno Char and Charlie McAvoy. You were back to th- defenseman. Don't get me wrong. Seidenberg couldn't even fucking open his hips the last year or two, but still there was, you went from just having the greatest blue line, a great blue line, a great first line, and, and one of the best goalies in the league, be it Thomas or Ta- Tuca. That's, you don't have to even think about the things that are the hardest thing to think about. You don't even have to consider it. All you have to do is find secondary scoring, and they have been inept at it.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, I'll give them Pasternak because that's a, that's a thing. I mean, you, you got him, which was, you drafted him, you developed him more was than that, a, all did.
1: Was that, was that, Sweeney, that was Shirelli.
0: That was Shirelli. That was Shirelli, which is yeah. really odd to think yeah. Shirelli did anything good. But because uh, Shirelli, he I mean – mean-
1: great at negotiating contracts. I don't know what he has on everybody, but Marchan and, and Passer are insanely underpaid already. Yes. Oh. And it, it makes no sense. They both have like, what, four, five, six years left on their deals, and they're, they're already very underpaid. But yes. the aside from that, I mean – I don't know what, you, again, those are, those are Shirelli's guys that you're just like, well, you're a great player. Here's money. That's not fucking hard to do. I could do that.
0: Well, also, people kind of forget with Shirelli, um, Jeff Gorton was GM for like three months in 2006, and he had that 2006 draft where they drafted Lucic, Marshawn, um, they went on, I think he laid the groundwork for signing Chara and, si- and Savard. So like, Shirelli, like a lot of people kind of give cre- credit to Shirelli for that. That's really not even Shirelli. Right. So, you look at the GMs. I mean, Sweeney again. Like the the one good thing he has been good at is re-signing his own guys. You know, you can go through the whole list: Halak, Marshawn, Pasternak, uh, Grizzlick Now, great at re-signing his own guys. But you're right. I mean, the secondary scoring. It's like you have the framework. Like I always say this: the team, the the, the as you say, the core you have now that doesn't just come around every like couple of years. That, th-
1: for that, that is all I have to do is find third line guys, second line guys. Done because I have. Hall of Famers. I have a bunch of Hall of Famers and superstars on this team already. I can handle the other shit.
0: What do you think about Game Seven against the Blues, though? That's kind of on the players.
1: That one's on the players. I mean, that on the players. They just didn't. They just didn't show up. So yeah, you have to put that on the players. The, I mean, that that one was done as soon as that the Marchand play. That was like, yes, I was like, this is over. It's just,
0: how disappointing was that? You were there, you were, I was there up in the, uh, big J journalist booth, but you, you were there, like you were there, right? I think you were at the game.
1: Yeah. I was at the game and it was, I immediately just like started sulking and that I, I knew right then and there that that it was just like, all right, these guys just don't have it tonight. They don't want it, whatever you want to say, but that was a defining play for this Bruins core Again, despite the fact that I think most of the blame goes on the front office for failing. Them.
0: And what's funny is uh, I remember right after it happened, Shaughnessy pointed it out. Um, and when every everything start, you know, the last year for Boston sports have been kind of not amazing. I mean, you have the Bruins, you have the cup loss, Marshawn gets off the ice. Um, the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts. They've been putrid this year. Patriots lose Brady. So it's funny, and and I remember Shaughnessy pointing out when Marshall went off the ice, ever since then, everything has gone wrong for Boston sports. And it's yeah, like, well, shit.
1: <laughs> that was a bad play, but I actually did a little research this morning, and I discovered that it's really, it's through no fault of anyone's that the, the sports vacuum that has hit Boston since COVID, really, because it's all Tom Brady's fault. Tom Brady is a supernatural hero who drags greatness with him wherever he goes. And when he leaves, he leaves just a, a pile of rubble in his wake. He did it in San Francisco when he was born. He brought the 49 The 49ers were dominant from 1980. Tom Brady was born in 77. From 80 to 95, the 49ers were – they won it in 81, 84, 87, 88, 94, I think. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. 95, Tom Brady moved to Michigan. Michigan, Detroit Red Wings win two Stanley Cups, 96, 97, 97, 98. And also the greatest story in sports in that era is Blackhawk, I'm oh not Blackhawks, Avalanche Red Wings. That was just, that rivalry was insane those four years. 2000, Tom Brady moves to Boston. Obviously we know what happened here from 2002. 2000. Yes. 2020, Tom Brady moves to Tampa Bay. Lightning immediately win the cup. Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. The Bucks are on primetime every night. It's just, it's just we had, we had the magic here.
0: We did. I mean, I guess he's sort of. And I saw you tweet that this morning. That is kind of like the, the good luck charm. You get that, and boom, you're good. I mean, he go to Arizona, and they would have just ample success. The Cardinals would be, uh, or not the Cardinals, the the Diamondbacks would be in the World Series, and the the, the Cardinals Coyotes would be in the would Super be Bowl.
1: People have heard of.
0: Yes, the Coyotes would be in the Stanley Cup. It would be just amazing for the NHL.
1: I'd actually know if I wanted OEL or not because I'd have fucking watched a single game he ever played in his life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, the OEL stuff, uh, I, you just look at the stats, look at the advanced analytics, and it's like, oh, that's the player who declined at age like 25. <laughs> I don't think that is someone I'd want on the Bruins, but that, that scoop on Brady you have there, that is a all time, like, phew, moment. It doesn't make any sense. It's
1: crazy. It's, it's like, I, I was half joking about it on Twitter last night, and then I kind of dove deeper, yeah. and I realized, like, it, it isn't just, that he brings championships and greatness, the game itself changed. Like Bill Walsh brought in the West Coast offense. Fucking the the Avalanche Red Wings rivalry was just a brand new thing. Introducing Avalanche, Kevin Boston Celtics invent in super teams? Uh, Bruins bring bring the first cups in the seventies. Red Sox break the curse. Like it's it's not just like oh they win a championship. It's they changed the game.
0: That is that is true. I mean they, they the Rays. I mean the Rays have been doing this for a few years, but the Rays down there you know pay you know on a, on a salary of like 20 dollars total yeah. go to the world <laughs> series like that it is i mean it's like he's reinventing the wheel everywhere he goes he just inspires so much in, in, in ingenuity and intelligence um yeah. that is incredible that is a hell of a scoop and like so yeah. that's such a viral tweet like when you think of it, when you think of viral tweets that is a perfect like if you could get that in a in 240 characters or less that is such a viral tweet.
1: It, is, it. it doesn't make any sense of it. It doesn't make any sense at all. All, like, all of the greatest. And you know what? If we want to really get down to brass tacks, when he was born in San Mateo, Silicon Valley was just getting started. That's where like, app like he changed the world over there too.
0: Fuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, mean, I didn't even think of that. And, and and I guess you're right about that. I mean, it's Silicon Valley. I don't know what he did in Detroit. Maybe a couple of car manufacturers came back to Detroit <laughs> exactly. in his time. Maybe then, but Jesus Christ. Jeez, the intelligence you bring to the the. the so, so, like,
1: the thing is, like, as disappointing as this offseason's been, it might be out of our hands. It might just be the plan of the world. It's, it it right? is. We have to suck now. And that's why I think we should be, like, preparing an Olympic-style bid for Brady when he decides to finally retire. Like, we'll build you arenas. We'll build you monuments. We'll We'll restructure our entire city planning for Tom Brady, as long as you come live here because you bring what we need.
0: So as long as he lives here, he doesn't have to play here or, like, be a GM yeah, here. Yeah, as as he just wasn't lives. playing when he was a
1: kid, right? He was just living
0: in Francisco. That's true. So he just has to live here. All right. I don't know if that's going to happen because of Giselle, but um, I think if we organize a mass, like, you know, pitch, a, a huge – the greatest PowerPoint you've ever seen in your life, and you just say, Tom – Please come back. Yeah, Massachusetts no tax,
1: needs. No. Tax breaks yeah. of the wazoo.
0: We'll pay your taxes. You won't be taxed. You, you know, I know you're wealthy, but we're not going to tax you. you can have all, every dollar you've ever earned, we'll give you money. We'll, we'll do anything. Um, but that is a ha- And maybe the Bruins would have got Taylor Hall. Had um, What did you think of Taylor Hall going to Buffalo? That was nuts. What the hell is wrong with him?
1: I can't figure Taylor Hall out. He seems like a good guy. But everything he does just perplexes me. Is that, like it just? There's got to be some story that's with him, that's following him, that explains all of these moves. Every, every everything just like why Ed why Edmonton doesn't want him, why, why uh, New Jersey doesn't want him, why Arizona feels like he probably didn't want Arizona. But just a, a player that good, a player who won an MVP what four years ago? Uh, uh, oh
0: my God, that I think it's three now, but that's wild. That feels like yeah. yesterday.
1: Yeah, I know it's great. I, I it was I think it was 16, 17 with the Devils. But like, you shouldn't be bouncing around that much. Even the one year deal, I I, I think I read that the Bruins were close on that. Which sure. to me, then like, why do you fucking not choose Boston?
0: I don't I, choose- I, don't I guess the only reason would be to put up your point totals with Jack Eichel because you know you're going to be like the guy for Jack Eichel. The other thing is, has a human ever lived in? Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, and Buffalo willingly all in their life. I don't think so. No.
1: I can definitively say no on that. I don't no, know. I look don't look think up. I just
0: No, that. there's no reason to look it up. There's no who would ever do that. I mean, maybe Arizona cuz like that's nice weather, but it's also like 135 degrees in the summer, but it's
1: not nice weather. I have never even been to Arizona, but I just know it's not nice weather. That weather would suck. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe during the winter it's okay. I'll give them that. But in the summer, that sucks. That, that sucks. But New Jersey, Edmonton, Buffalo, I mean, good God. Like, that is trash. That <laughs> is trash. But at any rate, Fly thank you for joining. Is there anything you'd like to plug before you, or before I let you go? I know you plug the Brady piece, but is there anything else? Um, like
1: nah, listen to KFC radio if you want. If not, that's okay too. We understand.
0: Okay. Well, listen to Bruce Beat and KFC radio. I'll, I'll say. Listen to both Feidelberg. Thank you for joining. Uh, and for CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruinsby listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs>